how's it going? It's Robin Smith, and it's time for the Robin Smith Show for Sunday, October 29th. You know what that means. Welcome once again to the Halloween Spectacular. Welcome, everyone, listeners, one and all. Um, this year, the Halloween Spectacular is a little different. If you go back and listen to the first annual and second annual, I had a panel on. Um, if you have been listening to the show recently, you might have noticed that I've had a lot more solo episodes than uh, guests on. And so we're following in that theme with the Halloween Spectacular. Uh, this year, uh, instead of a panel, um, I actually came across... Uh, my some old college papers. These were papers that I wrote in 2003. Um, I guess that would have been like freshman year, maybe. Uh, no, would that be sophomore year? It doesn't matter. I must have been like 19 or 20, something like that. So, uh, and I came across one of the college classes that I took was Death and Dying. And I thought to myself, you know, that'd be kind of fun to read younger Robin's voice uh, on death and dying for, you know, somewhere in the month of October. And since I don't have a panel, I figured, hey, let's read it on the Halloween Spectacular. Uh, did you all know first before we before I read this paper, I also said, I think a few weeks ago, I read an article written by the one and only Dr. Molly Scanlon. Um, it was during, it was in September, so Suicide Awareness Month. And um I I hadn't I, I don't do a lot of readings on the show, um, and I thought to myself, hey, let me let me maybe maybe I'll do more of that. Um, so this also aligns with that. Uh, but but yeah, but first I just wanted to say, um, did you all know that this Halloween uh, we will have a full moon, and it's the first full moon that occurs on a Halloween uh, in 19 years, and. The next time that'll happen will be 19 years from now. So I guess that's the cycle. So enjoy it. Uh, and it's going to be shitty weather here in the D.C. region. I looked at the forecast, uh, you know, today. I'm recording this on Saturday, actually. And it's I need to, after I'm done, done recording, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's the last, like, day in the 80s before, you know, next year in April or whatever. So, um, but you'll be listening to this after that. And also you're listening from all over the place, you know, Listeners all over the country and indeed in other countries. But, uh, yeah, enjoy the full moon. It will be a full moon everywhere in the world, right? That's something that binds us. So enjoy Halloween if you celebrate it. Um, yeah, yeah, there's probably more to ramble about, but I'm, I'm really eager to jump into this uh, paper. So, yeah, without further delay, this is um, probably 19-year-old Robin, and 
I took a class called Death and Dying at Salisbury University. Shout out SU, go Seagulls. Uh, Dr. Bob Graff was the professor. And I'm going to read to you this reaction paper. Um, it's a rea- I, I don't even, I don't have like the, uh, the assignment. So I, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm kind of inferring from the actual content of the paper that uh, it's like pick a event in your life um, related to death uh, and write about it, I guess. I don't know. I'm guessing here. I'm guessing here. But anyway, um, there's also a cemetery exercise. I kind of reviewed that and I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to read that to you all. I do, but... Um, I'm a little too cowardly right now, so I'm reading the other reaction paper. I mean, I'm like part of me wants to save it for next year, um, even if I have the panel. I still want to share it around Halloween time, you know. Uh, ben, by the way, you know, again, I am 39 as I read this to you, so we're talking about, um, excuse me, 20 years of growth and development, and certainly a uh, whole title shift in my views and be- and beliefs. But it's always interesting to go back and read the younger mind and how, how I was thinking about things uh, back then. So, okay, I, enough stalling, enough delay. Hold on. I think I hear a child suffering. I'll be right back. Okay, my sweet little one. Five-year-olds and big feelings. We're all good here, folks. Okay, where were we? Uh, yes, Dr. Bob Graff, Psych 323, Death and Dying, Tuesday, September 9th. 2003. Yeah, what's the math on that? 84 plus 16 plus 3. I'm 19, I guess. Right? 19. Okay. Um, Reaction paper number one. Yeah, I guess it's the beginning of the fucking semester. September 9th, right? All right. Um, I would like to open this paper with the most important statement of the entire semester <laughs> uh, regarding death and dying. Any human who thinks that there is an afterlife, be it religious or merely avoiding the concept of never experiencing anything ever again, is going through the most predictable psychological response called denial. The afterlife is a comfortable mattress, a fable written to ease the reality that we will never exist again and that life is all there is. People who have near-death experiences have actually gone over in their minds what they truly believe. Now, if you're an atheist, in the parenthetical, I know I am, you, should ha- you shouldn't have a problem dealing with death because you accept it as a part of life. To live is to die. Two weeks ago, I attended my girlfriend's cousin's baby's funeral. Uh, I'll leave the names out here. She had had a miscarriage when I saw her and her husband come out into the church holding the little casket. I couldn't stand how upset both of their faces looked. When you lose someone close to you, especially in your family, you hurt and you wonder Why were they, quote, taken? These are natural emotions. In fact, life couldn't be more real when you experience these specific emotions. The priest, like I knew he would, said comforting words to the father and mother that, quote, 
they would be reunited with their daughter when they reach the gates of heaven, close quote, or some garbage like that. Maybe these words were to ease the pain of the loss of a loved one, but they still only offer the fictitious comfort that is the afterlife. Religion is a perfect example of the ignorance of humans. Or maybe it's a prime example of the process of deluding oneself. In any case, it's, it explains the unexplainable, such as what goes on after you die. Because, you know, you have to do something else after you die, right? I mean, death can't, can't be the ultimate end, can it? Our nation is led... Remember, this is 2003. Our nation is led by a man who thinks God is telling him he is doing the right thing. I've heard on the news that the hijackers of 9-11 believed that they would be blessed with 19 virgins. I, I don't, it's 78, isn't it? doesn't matter. With 19 virgins in the afterlife if they take out the evildoers. Who's right? Which God is right? Listen up, kiddies. Never fear. When you die, you will be taken away to a magical place where you will be reunited with your dead dog and your grandma, and you can do whatever you want all the time. Nah, I'm just yanking your chain. You'll rot in the ground like everything else. Close quote. I don't know if I remember quote, quoting. Um, I don't even know who I'm quoting. Why don't people accept death in our culture? Why delude yourself? Why convince your kid that bliss awaits him after he dies? I really don't get why our society is based around extended life. Why would our species alone get that benefit and not all of life on Earth? Just because we have an evolved, intelligent brain as a result from the need to ask why and the need to record our history, we deserve to live forever? Is that it? Oh, by the way, are there cavemen in heaven? The point is, I see people who smoke cigarettes, most of them college students, and they think they're going to live until their 80s. That's denial for you. Every time a drunk gets behind the wheel, in a way, they are denying death as a possibility. Every time a relative changes the subject because they feel uncomfortable about death, they're denying it. America is surrounded by fear. Remember when we were meant to think that our whole world would fail because someone forgot to enter in a few zeros? He's referring to Y2K, by the way. Death is, not, death is just another thing to fear. And why not? I mean, if you think about it, death is what stops you from living. It's a pretty depressing reality, unless you believe that life after death is better than the life you live now. I think the main reason why people in our culture avoid the concept of death is because it upsets them so much to the point where they can't even confront the subject. After taking Dr. Jerry Miller's philosophy class... I have become intrigued with death and how people cope with it. I came to the conclusion last year that God doesn't exist. Now, let me come off text, text here for just a second. I, I've been trying to be disciplined about not doing that. But coming off of text here, back to 39-year-old Robin, I, I actually didn't realize that I, like, st I plugged my stake in the ground as an atheist um, as an 18-year-old. I thought I had I thought I did that when I was eight years old. And apparently there was like this 10-year vacillation back and forth between does God exist, doesn't he, and all of that. And so literally I am kind of have this document of, of my college writing that I, it was really 18 years old is when I just, yeah, I'm like, I'm a hardcore atheist. By the way, uh, if you're a new listener to the show, I'm, I no longer feel that way. I do have... Um, 
scientific parts of me that like take on personas like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, scientific, rationally minded people uh, who are don't believe in God. Um, but I do. So back to 19 year old Robin. OK, so I, I came to the conclusion last year that God doesn't exist. Therefore, an afterlife can't exist. It's interesting to see what people have to say when I ask them about life after death. Most of them are confused and unsure about what they were taught when they were wee ones. And that's not uncommon for college students. But the vast majority believes that there is some form of afterlife and humans are the only ones who are privileged enough to experience it. Am I the only one who thinks that this, that, that is the silliest concept of them all? Look, the fact is you're going to die twice if you're a Gemini. Most people never think about death, especially youth. Most college students' personal death awareness is pretty low. Unless one is constantly around death or death's door, one tends to avoid dwelling on the matter. It is just human nature to repress that which saddens us. It is my firm belief that religion spawned from the grieving of human loss. It's not fair that someone you have a strong connection with is no longer with you. So you hope they are somewhere else, existing somewhere else, experiencing somewhere else. The survivors hope that there is more for the departed. We humans hope that there is something greater than life when the way of the world in which we live includes death. To me, death is the place before birth, experiencing nothing just like before you were born, just like before you were even a thought. Okay, that's the reaction paper. Um, I love how 19-year-old Robin was like, I want to start by saying that this is the most important statement of the entire semester regarding death and dying. Not to make fun of my, my earlier self, but he needs, to be, he needs to be made fun of here. Um, yeah, wow. Wow is what I have to say to this paper. I uh, clearly have this chip on my shoulder or, or um, this strong attitude uh, and, and knowing. Again, you know, the agnostic says, I don't know. The atheist says, I know that there's, there's no God and there's no life after death. Well, I'll tell you, my, how things have changed. Um, yeah, my, like nowadays I am uh, very much looking into rituals that connect with ancestors in a interactive way not in a you know let's just think about let's look at pictures of our ancestors and maybe even read uh diaries or um you know whatever and people have different like uh relationships with their ancestors i know that some cultures the ancestors are venerable they're 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 revered they're um They've got like a big family Bible or a family a text like that that has all this doc has all these documents um, from their ancestry, and um, I'm actually my uncle Chris is doing some of that like recovering information about our ancestors on my dad's side of the family, but uh, where was I going with all that? I don't even remember. Oh, oh, these days. These days, uh, I not only not only is it like okay, who are my ancestors and you know, appreciating them and thinking about them. But I'm, I'm talking about the possibility of having interactions, interactions with the dead. And this isn't, you know, 
if you're if you're listening to what I'm saying right now, and you might be like, yeah, dude, where have you been? Where have you been? We've been interacting with the dead every single year. There are rituals in which people do this. Uh, this is why I'm talking about this in October around the, what is it? Halloween derives from Samhain, which is a pagan ritual. The, we talked about it last year or two years ago, the thinning of the veil. Apparently, there is a astral plane that's not the same as earth plane, and the barrier between these two realms is the thinnest around this time of year. And so you can commune with the dead any old time you want to, but this is the season where maybe you get the most bang for your buck or it's just the easiest to do, even for the hardcore skeptics, if they want to try it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still new to all this. And like I said, I have these, uh, I have these uh, scientific parts of me that... Uh, definitely keep me from engaging in such practices. They, you know, but as a as an IFS provider, as a someone who practices in the internal family systems model, I do know that once these parts of the psyche, in in my case, I'm talking about these scientific parts, scientist parts, once they relax and they step back and they soften their control over sensation and perception and and all that experience, uh, I do strongly believe that I could then have access to some to something else. And, um, you know, it's kind of like I was, I, I had a very good friend, oh, a dear friend, actually former guest of the show, uh, Molly Scanlon, uh, came over uh, last night and wow, this came up somehow. Oh, we were talking about, I asked her about exorcisms. Um, uh, Molly's family is Catholic. She was raised Catholic and I, I don't know too many Catholics in my network. Um, but I, I asked her, I was like, what's, have you had any, uh, interactions or experiences with, uh, exorcisms? And she's like, none, none. And I'm sure that's maybe probably the case for almost everyone. Um, but I asked her about that because, you know, most people, when they're thinking about um, spirit possession or demon possession, they're just not open to that at all as being a possibility. So they might think, you know, this is, uh, a, you know, psychosis or a, a very severe mental health issues going on with the person. Um, by the way, shout out, the new Exorcist movie came out uh, on Friday the 13th of October. I still want to go see it in theaters. Um, my take on demon possession and spirit possession is way different than what it used to be, you know, in that now I am, I am very, very open, um, to that as a reality. Uh, and again, I, I have parts of me that are like, Hey man, don't say that on mic. Don't say that on the air. Uh, you're going to get ridiculed or, you know, um, but I, but it's it's just I just want to be very uh, transparent, honest, and authentic. That yes, I do have these parts of me that are, you know, totally committed um, rationalists and empiricists. They exist, and um, but they're not all of me. And they cer- they certainly were dominating uh, writing this paper back in two thousand three. Um, but I'm curious, like. I'm curious of you listeners, how many of you uh, participate in some sort of an ancestor ritual or participate in speaking with the dead? 
um, you know, whether you pray, uh, I mean, you know, praying is often, you know, commonly is to the divine, right, to a creator. But I'm actually, you know, you can also pray and connect with your ancestors. You can pray and ask for guidance and wisdom from maybe your parents if they're no longer with you um, or grandparents. Um, you know, and another, another question is, I, I'm curious, like, excuse me, uh, who was the first person that uh, died in your experience? Who was the first? And I'm not talking about a goldfish or a dog or a cat. Like, who was the first person who you lost? How old were you when you lost this person? For me, it was my great grandma. And I must have been, I don't know. I actually have to look this up because I don't know. I, I must have been, I don't know, in elementary school or something. Um, but yeah, I am curious. Uh, I, actually, I guess this is, I don't even, what I usually do is I pull up show notes and I didn't even do that this time. Uh, where it is, where, where is it? Here we go. Okay, so yeah, I want to hear from you all. If you are so bold and courageous, um, yeah, write the show at robinsmithshow at gmail.com or leave a voicemail, uh, 301-458-0883. Let me know. Um, I also wanted to, um, I, I want to read this cemetery visit um, experience. If you want to do something like this, uh, feel invited to. I'm not going to, this year, I'm not going to read the um, the paper that I wrote, the 15-page paper, um, but maybe I will next year. This is this is the cemetery visit question reaction paper for death and dying undergrad college course. Okay, so walk around a cemetery and notice the odors, the grave sites, grave markings, unusual epitaphs, items on grave sites. How did it feel to visit the children's grave site? Observe your feelings. Then pick a grave site and stand in front of it. Imagine yourself in it. How do you feel? Imagine your parents, spouse, children, siblings, significant others in the grave. Stand in front of the grave site. How do you feel? Picture each one dead. Talk to them. What is your dialogue? Pick out six graves. Two between the ages of 0 and 22, two between the ages of 30 and 55, and two over 60. What about the 58-year-old? Anyway, solicit some advice from them. Ask them how they are doing and how it feels to be dead. Okay. Um, let's pause here. Next week, I have Jason Cohen on the show, and I want to share another track from... Hard pivot, hard transition here uh, from his album, uh, from his musical project, Collapser. And the album is Parallel Destinies. And so here we go. I'm going to cue up a track here. Let's see. What track shall we share? Hold on. I have shared several. Let's share Big Action. Okay, so this is Big Action um, from Collapser's debut album, Parallel Destinies.
Okay, that was Collapser's debut album, Parallel Destinies, track two, Big Action. Um, so excited to bring you that interview with Jason next week um, where we talk about his process of you know, writing and just many, many things. Uh, so stay tuned for that show. Um, Jason's been on the show before. He came on with Scott Siskind of Vinny Vegas. Um, so it was cool to get Jason on individually to talk about his music, you know, individual music project. And before we go again, just, uh, we'll have a link in the show notes to donate to UNICEF. Um, there's a lot of crises around the world. I know there's a lot of conflict happening. Uh, you, the Ukraine, Russian conflict, the crisis in the Middle East, as well as many of the unnamed conflicts that are happening around the world, ongoing conflicts, failed states. There's, there's a lot of people who are suffering and need help. And, uh, particularly the children who don't have an ideology or care about or have any awareness of the governmental history or anything like that. They're just, they're just trying to live their lives and they're being impacted. So um, I know I ask a lot. This is definitely the giving season in the month of October. Uh, I ask for donations to light the night, the leukemia lymphoma society's event. And thank you again uh, for all the donations. And next month, I guess the next time I'm on air with you will be November. And that is the beginning of the Movember uh, fundraising campaign for men's mental health, uh, prostate cancer research, um, suicide awareness. Uh, not awareness, like the awareness month in September, but again, men's men's suicide. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. But right now we just want to funnel all traffic and help people uh, give what they can to UNICEF. It is a well-vetted charity, uh, trustworthy charity. And thank you again for your donations. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Um, safe trick-or-treating. Uh, is there anything else I want to say here? Um, yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> and and um, I'll see you next week. The Robin Smith Show is produced by me, Robin Smith. Executive produced by Robin and Kelly Glenn Smith at Team Robley. Theme song by The Very Small. The show is engineered by one of my alters, Games Nabisco. Listeners can get in touch by calling or texting the hotline at 301-458-0883. Messages can be sent to robinsmithshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Disclaimer. This podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, psychotherapy, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no therapist-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the listener's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Mm-hmm.